Network. Remember when I forgot to record? Yes. <laughs> and that was a good episode. That was probably the best episode. I think it would have won us a Grammy. I don't know. What a podcast get. <laughs> Maybe what's a Grammy? A Timmy. Um, uh. Yeah, sure. I don't know what that is, but I'm into it. Um, Frank, I have a question for you. All right. Tomorrow, so I'm I'm the little genie of pain, and I'm coming to visit you. Tomorrow, you are going to do one of these three things, and you have to choose. You're going to kick your bare toe really hard into the side, into like the post of the bed. You're going to bang your the top of your knee really hard on your desk, or you're going to hit your funny bone on like a like a doorway right on the spot that makes everything tingle. Which one are you picking? Um, I'm between the toe and the elbow. Um, I definitely need his last for me. I hate that. Don't want the knee. Don't, Don't want, want the knee. knee. Um, well, you got to pick. pick. You got to pick uh, now. Time's up. Toe. Toe. Okay. Wow. Wow. I don't think I, I don't think I want to pick toe. Toe makes me angry. I get mad when I stub my toe. Like I banged my knee before I got on and I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. If you no, hit I, I funny hate, bone, you feel bad for yourself. Yeah. Funny uh, bone, it's it's a little funny, but then you're like, damn, this really hurts too. So yeah. It does really hurt, but it kind of suffocates the pain kind of suffocates everything else. So you disappear. When you stub your toe, it's just like, what the fuck? Fates? Why God? You know, yeah. like what what's the deal with that? It sucks. So hi everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording this is balls in your ear the sports football basketball podcast i'm josh sports ball sorry sports ball um it's funny our uh the the co-host of the football version of the show dan his like fan base that he has uh when they found out he was doing the podcast with me uh mr nobody um they kept saying dan has a sports balls podcast it was like the nerd version of not liking sports but i'm a nerd and i love sports and we're here to talk nba and i'm josh and with me as always is frank 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 who in a in a shocker chose to stub his toe over funny bone or knee which uh it, it was the opposite of my feeling so i was shocked by that um anyway speaking of shocking another smooth transition we have an nba finals of the phoenix suns and the milwaukee bucks just like we called it frank <laughs> yeah, well, um, so ser- seriously, before I'm going to say before the season started, and this is before we had our podcast, and before the Nets had all three of their big three, my pick going into the season, what my prediction was Bucks uh, Clippers is what I thought the finals would be before the was season started. Was that before started. the Bucks got Drew Holiday and didn't get Bogdanovich? Or, or like, what, what about that? That's an important part of this timeline, too. Um, I, no, I don't think it was before. When did they get Drew Holiday? So they, the the Bogdanovich fiasco happened. And then like a week later, I feel like it was, they got Drew Holiday. Um, it was in the off season, the shortened off season. No, it was was. was after they got Drew Holiday. And then I I was feeling that put it over the, I want to know, cause that, that put it over the top for you getting Drew Holiday. Yeah. And then, and then I did switch to the Nets. As you knew, I was kind of talking about during our podcast when when the big three were together. Sure. And even when they didn't have all three of them, I was like, yeah, I, I could see them beating the Sixers or the Bucks. Um, I but I mean, I was surprised to see obviously the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals and that the Suns 
freaking made it all the way to the final. So, yeah, I kind of like, I feel like I helped meme the Suns into existence a little you, bit just because like I, I was saying it since the bubble last year, I was like, wait, this team's like seriously pretty damn good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've doubted Chris Paul before I thought he was done like five years ago <laughs> after the Houston fiasco. I thought that was it for Chris Paul. Like the, when he, when he broke down in that, in that final, that was that the East, was that the Western conference finals against the warriors? Was it the yeah. finals? It was the Western conference finals. I think against it was the warriors finals. Yeah. and he went down and they blew a fourth quarter lead and then got wiped out the next game. And it was just over. Uh, I thought he was done and I was wrong and I love, and you know, I love Chris Paul. So good for them, but I want to pause that. Actually, wait, I had a side note that I want to think about real weird dating back to the off season. The Bogdanovich thing is so weird because even though he did, he, he did not play great in the playoffs. He, he was hurt. And I think that's why it's not like he wasn't good. Um, he was a steadying hand for that Hawks team. A lot of times, mm-hmm. uh, someone that they could look to when Trey young was hurt, even when he wasn't making the shots. Um, Bogdanovich is a really good player and, uh, Milwaukee's off season moves was to get drew holiday and Bogdanovich. That was what they were trying to do. Getting drew holiday had no relation to the missed attempt at Bogdanovich that happened. Mm. And I don't even remember the details, but they like agreed to a sign and trade or something with the Kings. And then something weird happened with that, that basically canceled the trade. And at that point, Bogdanovich was already basically like immediately signed by the Hawks, which I don't even know how that happened. If that was a sign trade, but something weird, I probably should have done some research, but how close did the bucks come to having Bogdanovich on this team too? And we might be talking about like a, this could be a really special team, even though, and they're really good now, but um, it just blows my mind a little bit how close that came to happening. Yeah. um, No, they would have been really a a solid favorite and and they should have gotten the number one seed if they had had that squad. Do you, do you think Giannis, so let's say everybody's healthy in video game world or whatever, and Giannis, Drew, Middleton, and Bogdanovich versus Harden, Durant, and Kyrie. That would have been a fucking hell of a showdown series if you had that four yeah. group versus that three guys. Damn. Damn. Maybe next year. Who knows? Not with Bogdanovich, but maybe next year. Okay, so before we go finals, I want to rewind it. I want to, I want you to tell us a little bit about what you think is going to happen with the Clippers. And, and I, and I feel like we should talk about the Hawks too, because, because I think those are two teams in very different situations now coming off of their conference final losses. Um, so start with the Clippers. Let's give me, give me a little bit. What, what do you think about them, how they performed and what do you think about them going forward? And do you think Kawhi is staying? I don't think Kawhi is staying. You think he's leaving? He's just, I think he's leaving. like road. What, what's the desire for the road? Call of the road. I don't know. Um, Wanderlust. Yes. Wanderlust, yes. The German Thank word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> you knew what I was talking about. And I, I did. Some, some um, <laughs> I, I, I think why is going because I think, um, I, I, I think this, this season sort of showed him that uh, Paul George isn't like the best wingman for him. Now he stepped it up a little bit. He didn't have a bad playoffs. He actually, I would say, Paul George? Did, yeah, Paul George did he was better. Phenomenal. Than yeah. <laughs> that was the best but, basketball. Those, that series against the Suns was the best basketball I've ever seen Paul George play. He, he was unreal. 
Right, but was he playing his best basketball along with Kawhi? Were they able to play their best basketball together? I think that's a distinction. It didn't seem like the best blend of them, and it it didn't seem good for team chemistry. And um, I think, as as we talked about before, they didn't have as deep of a bench and the great defensive presence that they've had um, in the in the past. I mean, Patrick Beverly is is like a little maniac out there, but uh, like. Uh, he alone like isn't isn't really enough um patrick beverly lost his shit in game seven by the way oh, he was yeah he was a total asshole in that game and i, I like pat bev i've defended him a lot he was a fucking right. dickhead yeah game. no well when it when when they lost he uh he shoved chris paul on the way back to the bench like totally yeah. even before that he was being yeah. a dick oh yeah i mean <laughs> he's he he was definitely more out of control than normal this series uh i, I don't know i think because he just knew like they, they weren't going to win, but that's like terrible sportsmanship. Um, he he yeah. went a little beyond what, you know, you're normally allowed to do in the game. I think it's going to be suspended. I don't, I don't think they've announced it yet, but he I mean, said it was, it's only one game. He's missing one. Oh, game. It's only one game. Yeah. yeah. I thought they might do two games just to kind of make a point that just cause it's the end of this season doesn't mean, you know, we're not going to screw you to start the next season. Right. Um, but yeah, but one, I mean, it's, one game. it's two being suspended two games really other than missing opening night. It's not like, it just kind of guarantees you're missing your home opener. Yeah. That's about it. Um, but whatever that. Yeah. So, okay. So the Clippers, I, I was going to say like, maybe you don't want to trade Lou Williams, but Reggie Jackson basically did a Lou Williams. And that wasn't the reason that ha- having like a microwave score was not the reason they, they lost the series. They just lost to a better team, a healthy Kawhi. You have to say would maybe tip the series. I mean, it's hard I, not to say that. I but think it went it probably, seven. Yeah. No, I, I, no, I think it goes, it went six, right? It was, but, it was four, two. Oh, four, two. Right. But yeah, it, yeah. yeah, but it was close in general. There was like, there right. was very few, like there was a lot of big leads that both teams kind of, there was a lot of big leads that, that would got dwindled over the course of games in this series. Yeah. Um, so that leaves the Clippers in an interesting place because so if Kawhi leaves, it leaves two, it makes two really interesting questions. What do the Clippers? Who do the Clippers target to bring in? Because they will have a huge Kawhi sized cap hole that they can use in the in their salary cap. And who does Kawhi want to play with? So that is a really interesting question. Um, and and the fun and the interesting and and one thing. So let me just throw a scenario out there. Not just because this is not just me being a Sixers fan because I don't think Kawhi is coming to Sixers, but. I'm going to use this as a, as a way to explore a scenario. Say Kawhi is like, I do want to go play for the Sixers. And he calls the Sixers and says, I want to come play for you. Can you make room for me? So now the Sixers have uh, the ability to explore a Ben Simmons or even a Tobias Harris trade where they just do like a full on some kind of salary dump meltdown thing. I, I don't even know mm-hmm. if it will work because you have to match salaries, but maybe you just find a team that has a lot of salary cap room and is willing to take one of those players for some much lesser return, but you don't care because you're getting Kawhi. Like, I just feel like that could be, there's good. If Kawhi leaves, it's going to be that, not that scenario, that scenario is not going to happen, but I so, feel like it's something that could happen. And Kawhi like is such a beat, you know, marches by the beat of his own drum guy that anything is in play. If he's a free agent again. So I actually think the Sixers sort of made my little mental shortlist for that as well for Kawhi, even though, yeah, it's, they don't have that. They don't have space, space to right sign now. him. Yeah. Exactly. Despite yeah. that though, they would be, 
I think a place that he in a way would like going to and, and being that guy to like solidify the championship character along with, along with Embiid, if there was a way for him to do it. And I don't think Kawhi is the type of guy who's afraid of like the whole, you know, the Philadelphia fan base can get on you if you lose that, that kind of shit. I think he would kind of welcome the challenge. Um, Just like, you know, going to the Clippers, it's like, can you, can you help lift up, you know, the second team in LA Um, Right. It's just weird that he would leave after two years, especially because the whole thing was LA was a homecoming for him that he grew up, he grew up in LA. So did Paul George. They like, I know Paul George was not his number one choice of, of a, of like a, you know, a co superstar. I think it was Chris Paul that he really wanted or something like that. There was some, it was somebody else. Uh, And then he kind of was like, all right, well, that one wasn't going to work. So Paul, Paul George, you're in. Uh, it just the the most interesting scenario in this offseason season is Kawhi Leonard leaving the Clippers in terms of like what could shift the league. So the two that I think are more more realistic, and there's one of these that that I really think would be so much better for basketball. No, no, I think no the New York Knicks and the Miami Heat. It's one I think right. those two are uh, the most likely. The, heat. the the yeah the Heat are great at attracting free agents like this. Um, Man, Jimmy Jimmy and and Kawhi. Together. All right, sorry. Um, yeah, so stop so yelling. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> so, uh, what were you saying about the Heat? Uh, Kawhi and Jimmy together would be a pretty awe, terrifying and awe inspiring combo, theoretically, yeah. if they can both like be healthy come playoffs. But yeah. That, that Miami does seem to make a lot of sense in that regard, but that's just because also it could just be because we always say Miami makes sense for every free agent, like Miami, LA, you just said all the teams that are the teams that every free agent is talked about. Every free agent is going to New York. Every free agent is going to Miami. Every free agent is going to LA. Kawhi went to LA and didn't, you know, they're already talking, it's been two years and he's already, they're already saying he's out, you know, <laughs> like, so, uh, it's weird to think like, I just feel like he, he could go anywhere. Um, on the flip side, we have the young and upcoming uh, Atlanta Hawks who everybody is ready to anoint. Are, are, are you anointing them? Are you, are, is there a team that has a brighter future with young players than the Atlanta Hawks in the league right now? Um, Hmm. If you want to say OKC, because we don't know any of those players, I, I guess you, we don't, you can make that argument, but I don't want to hear that argument. <laughs> no, I mean, the only one I, w- I would say is, uh, is Denver. I would say Denver or Atlanta. Those are my or two. the Knicks, but the Knicks are a hot mess. Well, like the Knicks would need style. The, they're that one guy away if the Knicks get right. Kawhi, which I think is possible. And I think Kawhi is the guy, unlike LeBron when he was a free agent, the guy who's like willing to go to New York and put that pressure on himself to say like, can I be the all, all you have to do if you win one championship with that Knicks team, you you are like a basketball god forever, you know, in the minds of New York Knicks fans. Yeah, but if Kawhi goes to New York, he's not the best basketball player basketball player on the island. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's not the best player in LA. Maybe I mean you maybe you could say he's better than LeBron, but who knows? We haven't seen either no, of them healthy. No, he's he's, he's like, the best on the island. Manhattan. No, he's not. He's not better than Kevin Durant. Manhattan and Brooklyn is on Long Island. Oh, uh, whatever. Across the East River. Whatever. So, it's a bam. fucking. You can see he them gets, from each he other. He gets Manhattan. <laughs> all right. Uh, uh, all right technically true. Okay. He's, he's not the best in the city. So yeah. the Hawks are in in great shape. I actually have not looked at their cap, but I want to. The, the, their big issue is going to be Collins and how much he wants and how much they yeah. think he's worth. 
he's clearly a good player. He clearly have when you have a guy like Trey Young, having a Swiss Army knife like Collins is really helpful. It's a really well put together team. Uh, you know, they probably just need like a slight upgrade in bench talent and they'll be right back in it. Um, and, Ooh, and, and, you know, and then speaking of which we, we, so I mentioned the nuggets, you mentioned and Capella Hawks, needs a backup. Right? Can we get Capella some, some help? So he's not dragged through the mud every game. <laughs> <laughs> he needs somebody to help spell him a little bit. They had nothing when he wasn't out there. Yeah. I mean, he, he plays a really like athletic style where he's, he does, you know, out there mm-hmm. jumping around the basketball time. Um, I was just going to say, obviously like the Suns, we got to add to that young talent team but yeah i mean how would the suns fare like post chris paul when when either he gets a, a sort of career ending injury or he moves on also i don't they think, gotta do it the suns i don't think he's gonna leave it. i think paul's gonna stay I, I think he really wants to retire as a son because i think this has just been an awesome year for him and i'm this is kind of thinking he, if he wins a championship there he definitely isn't just gonna leave no at that do, point do you know why chris paul is not gonna retire after this season because <laughs> he has a player option don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure this is true. He has a player option for $45 million next season. That means he decides if he wants right. to come back for $45 million next year, uh, cash money. And the only way around that would be if the son said like, what if we just guarantee you a five-year contract that you get even after you retire and we, but we pay you a significant less. What if we double that over four years but spread right. it out or whatever kind so, of thing. So this is kind of what I heard. It's it's generally like he's got this one year thing, but he he if he can renegotiate for like at least three years to plan right. to end his career, three more right. strong years, yeah. um, for more money total than that one year forty five, right. that could be great for him and the Suns. And I think that'd be a real sweet way for him to go out. If you win the championship and it fucks up your cap for a couple of years, you don't care. You know why? Right. You know how I know that? Because the Eagles' is ca- the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles cap has been fucked up for years, and I don't <laughs> care because we still want a Super Bowl. <laughs> um, so, so okay. So we have back to the finals. Let's talk about these finals teams. The Phoenix Suns, uh, depth, youth, and vigor with a with a steely, hardened leader holding the ball, slowing the pace down. <laughs> Uh, a lot of depth, a lot of versatility, the Milwaukee bucks, uh, whatever we get out of it, we got an injured Giannis. We got drew holiday and Chris Middleton unleashed together, which is working beautifully. Uh, Milwaukee is clearly a big question mark. What are we going to get out of the bucks? Do you think, do you, do you think Giannis, do you, do you think Giannis is certainly going to play, but do you think Giannis is going to play at a level that helps the bucks or weirdly hinders them because they keep waiting for him to do things. He's not going to be able to do, you know what I mean? Um, I, I think it's going to play a level that helps bucks. So I, I think that uh, there's a chance he could be back for game one, but I, I think they're going to play it safe and not bring him in game you one. Think no play. He's not going to play I, game one at all. I, I don't think he's going to play game one. I kind of um, like that strategy because your team knows it. I, they yeah. have three days to prepare or whatever without him. And they're coming off a huge win without him. I kind of, I kind of like it. Right. Um, I like that too. I think they should wait. Um, try to let him rest that that knee as much as possible. It was a, it was a hyperextension. Um, and I, then I think he'll be pretty good to go for game two. Maybe not a hundred percent. Maybe not willing to do everything right away. He's going to probably feel it out a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've had some of these guys. They've been playing together without him, so they've gotten a little bit used to it. And, um, and they're not going to need him to score, you know, 25 plus points coming back right away. So I, I, yeah, I think it, 
I think they can they can handle that without him, and um, they don't they don't necessarily need that. So I'm I'm looking up. I'm very curious because I can't remember um, how many minutes Lopez played the last game. So Lopez played. Brooke Lopez played 39 minutes um, in Game Seven. <laughs> so how many times can you ask Brooke Lopez? to play 39 minutes playing center and he's going to be going against Aiton and um, uh, who's the, the, who's the other big on Phoenix? Help me out here. The other big oh, besides, is uh, besides Aiton. Yeah. Um, Crowder. The, well, is Crowder a big side note? Oh. Crowder is technically a power forward. He's not a great rebounder. He's much more of a perimeter player who's just built like a fucking German Sherman tank. Uh, He's such a weird player, but I'd like to just give a side note to Crowder. I love Crowder. I think Crowder is a fantastic player. If I'm a general manager every year, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to grab a guy like Crowder and add him onto my team. And he keeps getting dumped by teams and then ends up in the finals putting in minutes. It's weird when Miami, when that whole fucking stupid, dramatic Igadawa trade happened last year, when he got traded, when he was sitting on the bench and being a bitch in Memphis and, and protesting and got traded to Miami, Crowder got Crowder wasn't even mentioned in any of the headlines. And I remember going, Miami got the best player in this deal by getting Crowder onto the team. And lo and behold, Crowder's playing deep minutes in the finals and Igadala can't guard grandma because his legs are shot. Like, why why does this guy not get any respect? Is it just because he looks like a power forward but plays like a two? Is, he lo- is that it? He looks like a defensive lineman, yeah, but he, he, he just now stands there and, and shoots threes from the perimeter, which right. he start, started to do even back with the Celtics. They started to turn him into this guy in, in basically like three and D you, you're yeah. like six ten beast. And we just want you to stand out there and shoot threes and, and play some, some hard defense for us. He's uh, he, I just, I think he's really good. I'm a big fan of his. And I think it's uh, I think it's weird how he never gets talked about. Like there's never, literally never any attention given to him. He wasn't who I was thinking about with the big though. Um, the, the, they have uh well, uh, Johnson, Cam Johnson, who's Cam six Johnson. eight. Also doesn't play like a big, um, but they do have. He plays like a small forward. Oh, so, well, Sar- so that's what I want to talk about. Sarich. So Sarich, Sarich had um, problems against the Clippers because they kept putting Boogie in and letting Boogie just bully Sarich down below. Sarich is 6'10", but he's also a guy who doesn't, like he can play, he bangs a little bit more than Crowder and certainly more than Johnson. Right. But, um but he is not, he's, that's not his, like, if you're putting together a, a team and Sarich is on it, you're not, that's not your ideal spot for him as a banger. And um, so I'm curious, that's a matchup thing I'm interested in. Like, is what, what can Milwaukee find to help them get a matchup edge while Giannis is, is not there? What, what are you thinking it is? Um, what would you do coach? <laughs> Well, so you you weren't thinking of that dude Tory Craig, were you? I mean, he's no, no, he's no. not a center either. They have a bunch. They have a bunch of <laughs> these guys who are like these you know mid level forwards. Yeah, oh, they they got Frank the Tank. I forgot they that. do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Frank. Um, well, they play Jalen Smith a little bit there, but uh, the kid from Maryland. But he um, 
he didn't he didn't really he hasn't seen a lot of a lot of action these playoffs. They really just like uh they just have a lot of like lengthy guys. But um, you know, that was the obvious thing that the Clippers did to hurt uh the Suns while they were down a guy in Kwai was to find that, you know, if you can find that little advantage and take care of it. And and uh the Suns were not quick to adjust to it. Either that or they just figured they had to do it. There was nothing else to do. They just had to take like Boogie could only bully it for 12, 12 minutes a game anyway. So he just kind of took it. Um, but Milwaukee kind of loses their bully in Giannis. Uh, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm really curious to see the, the matchups uh, from the coaches, like what they figure out to do. Well, I think the, um, I think Phoenix stays, you know, sort of, sort of small and fast with, um, you know, playing, playing bridges, keeping, keeping Cameron Payne involved. Um, he showed that he could, he could ball in Paul's absence and he's, you know, part of the, part of the rotation. So I think they have those guards, they have bridges, Booker, um, and they play like that. And I'm, I'm thinking, um, yeah. So Brooks Lopez, if you don't have Lopez and Lieutenant Kumpo, you know, then the, then the bucks are smaller Then if you're the Suns, it's a little, uh, little easier to maneuver around the basket for the guards. Um, I don't think Lopez is quite the battering ram that Boogie is either. No, no, he's not. And yeah, and he shoots some threes too. He's he's actually pretty decent at open threes. Yeah, um, I guess Bobby. It's going to be Bobby Portis time. That's going to be his job. So I'm curious how much because you know he's shining a little bit, so he's going to have his chance to like make a make a mark. But I'm curious. Portis is is 250 listed 250. I want to see how heavy Sarge is because that's. That that's I'm just stuck on this matchup now. I'm gonna see. Yeah. I'm gonna see how heavy Sarge is. All these stars, and I'm paying attention to the backup big men. Um, Sarge is 225, so you know they always bump it a little bit. So that that's it. There we go. So that's what I'm calling. That's gonna be our our, our Bobby Portis versus Dario Sarge. Uh, it's gonna make the difference in at least one game this season. <laughs> I'm calling it. Um, yeah, it might. And actually that's, that's, that's a weird matchup because they play totally different styles and, um, mm-hmm. Sarge has, has his, uh, sort of, you know, Euro talent that, that he brings to the American game. Um, I really yeah. like Sarge. He, he, yeah. he, the Sixers letting him go, but like, you know, he was kind of this little folk hero of the process and he's really fun to watch. But you know, when you, when he came into the league, all the highlights of him were like running and gunning and he doesn't do that in the NBA. That's not his job. And it's, we, I, I don't know if it's just cause his legs are old and he's been playing pro ball since he was like 13, probably. Cause that's how those Euro guys do it. And if his legs are old or if that's just like, not if, if he's just unable to play that way in the NBA, it just doesn't fit him. But I feel like we never, he's a good player and he's, and he's certainly going to be a, a, have a say in these finals. Uh, but I feel like we've never got to see Sarge the way I imagined him to be when he came into the league. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I mean, thought he was going to be gl- running and gunning and flinging passes behind his back and stuff. And I see glimpses of like, like he, you know, I mean, he, he moves to create, to try to create something. Um, he, he's not, he's not like a three D guy. He doesn't just stand behind the three point line. He, he no. does. He'll, he'll, he'll dribble drive a little bit, but, but usually to find some other guy cutting somewhere and, you know, you like that he's he's a good passer. He's good good court awareness. I thought he would be more athletic than Gallinari, and he's not more athletic. No, than Gallinari. barely. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just that they look alike. It's you know, everybody falls in that trap where a guy looks like somebody else, and you're like, oh, you immediately compare them. Uh, 
but yeah, he's not, he's, he's probably not quite as good. a play. He's not as good a player as Gallinari, but he's a good player. He's, he's good to match up. Love Cam Johnson. I've talked about him on this show before. Yeah. Uh, just a big fan of his. He needs, he needs to get a little swagger to his game, but I like him a lot. Uh, yeah, I still do like the, the sun's depth over Milwaukee. And then yeah. especially with, um, you know, if, if Giannis can't play game one, it really gives Phoenix a shot to, to just grab that first one. Um, and so who's going to be guarding Devin Booker? It might be P.J. Tucker. Do you think that's the best defensive assignment there for the Bucks? Tucker? Yeah. Um, or, or well, Drew, I mean, it might be Drew Holiday sometimes, but it might, uh, Drew Holiday might might need to, um, to, to shadow Chris Paul more. And then Middleton is what as you're as playing playing against the three. So you got Middleton trying to bang on bridges. Like bridges. I probably want Tucker on bridges because I don't mm-hmm. want middle I don't want Middleton where I don't know. It depends. Do you think covering bridges is going to be more exhausting than covering no covering Booker is going to be more more exhausting and he's going to run you. And and yeah and and you don't want to rack up any foul trouble on Middleton. So That's if true. I were the Bucks, I would I would not put Middleton on one of the top Phoenix guards. I would put him on. You know who's that? Who whoever's in between? You know Bridges or Cam Johnson. Yeah, you're not going to um, sacrifice Drew's defense. Drew's going to have to go both ways hard all series. Mm-hmm. He's just going to have to. Middleton's got to be Definitely. the scoring guy, and Drew's got to bang a little bit more because of that. Um, I, I I think I don't know. Do you think Ke- uh, Cunnington is a good player? I can't um, tell yet. I Pat, still can't. Uh, Cunnington. Pat, 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 Pat Cunnington. Cunnington. Yeah, the, the shooting guard. Um, he had some moments during these playoffs where he he got a couple buckets real quick, and then he would just like be horrible for long stretches. I just can't figure him out. But he's going to get minutes in this series. He will because they're going to need it, and he's he's stepped up uh, a little bit these playoffs. And yeah, with Giannis out, they they need some scoring from him. He's a good three point shooter. I don't really believe he's a great overall player. I don't think he was ever meant to play 30 minutes a game. I, I think he's <laughs> no. so, you know, if, if they're thinking about starting him to kind of match the smalls of Phoenix, I, I, I don't, I don't really like that. I, I think he'll be, I think he'll be exposed on defense and I, I think they should stick with him coming off the bench to give them, you know, a little bit of a spark or some spacing, um, you know, with this three point threat, uh, when, when they're back, which is like questionable anyway, how good of a three point shooter is he's the size of Booker though. So he can, um, he's probably going to at least need to play just to spell people on Booker, uh, because he's six, five. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The, the weird thing is though, the, the, this is weird. This is like way overthinking it. Right. And I, and I'm admitting this ahead of time, but Chris Paul, the Chris Paul game, where the game is slow and decisive and a lot of half court, a lot of pick and rolls actually doesn't hurt Milwaukee that bad. Cause Milwaukee, I feel like Milwaukee's perfectly comfortable playing a grinded out game. That's like 94 to 93. I think they're fine with that. They don't care Giannis or not. Yeah. I don't think they care. I, I agree. And I think that's something um, that you've seen Milwaukee's maturity this year and, and they're, they're, they're balanced. I, and I, I was saying earlier in the playoffs, remember we were talking about who would be harder for, for the Sixers at some point. And I thought Milwaukee might be actually harder for the Sixers than, than Brooklyn, like Brooklyn because of this overall balanced team where I think they can play different styles. They can, they can play up tempo or slow it down. And a lot of that may be because of the influence of Drew holiday. Um, 
he he keeps the the tempo you know where it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, a smart. Well, they played fast. They played fashion. faster without Giannis, which which I don't know if it actually means anything because it's not like Giannis is slowing it down. A lot, a lot of Giannis's takes are are as a guard, you know, as a ball handler, where he's charging in and he doesn't wait for that. He goes in, so it's not like they're just slowing it down to a pick and roll. But they did feel like, you know, in the small sample size that we have. It felt like Middleton and Drew kind of, you know, pressed the gas a little bit without Giannis there. Yeah, when Giannis is there, they they will pass it around and and make an effort to to get it to him if they haven't, you know, had an open enough shot earlier in the shot right. clock. Um, and no, it's it's really cool to see Middleton. I think this has really shown him um, to to more casual NBA fans in general that Middleton, in a way, um, he it's almost like he could be a top player on the team. I mean, he's shown that maybe he could carry a team by himself. He's, he's been in Giannis's shadow, which is easy to do because he's been MVP twice in the past few yeah. years, but <laughs> Middleton is, is a, is a really damn good player. It's kind of like Clay Thompson, you know, it was all Steph Curry. And then everybody's like, wait, wait, look what Clay's doing too. And every time Steph's injured, look what Clay does. Right. Clay is such a freak though. I never, I never understood what people, how people didn't appreciate him. Cause it's not like he was playing the same way as Steph, just not as good. Clay, like I always go back to the, the game when Clay took four dribbles and scored like 35 points. It was like points, his points to dribble ratio is insane. Like <laughs> I don't get it. People, uh, people slept on Clay for a long time in a way that baffled me. I get people yeah. sleeping on Middleton. He plays in Milwaukee. He like, it's, but, but again, he's so different than, Gian- I guess people were just never quite sure how good he was. Cause you're like, well, how much of this is cause of Giannis? It's right. like, no, he's really good. And you know, the same way with Drew Holiday, people who didn't watch like him when he was a kid with the Sixers or didn't watch a lot of, uh, where was he? New Orleans. New Orleans yeah. They watch a lot of Pelicans games might not have known how good Drew Holiday is. Drew Holiday is a really good basketball player and he's only gotten better every year. He's been one of those people like he came into the league. I remember as a kid, it was, I remember just being like, this kid can play when he was on the Sixers. I didn't know how good he was going to get. I don't know if I would have thought he was as good as he is now, but it was clear that he could play. And all he did was get better and better kind of in obscurity forever. <laughs> and, uh, and now it's fun to see him. And I hope people watch these finals. I think it's a really interesting matchup. And a lot of these guys deserve to get their names out there because they're really good players. I, I like seeing how, how Drew Holiday's developed because I actually had pretty high expectations for him um, coming in out of UCLA. Um, he didn't quite live up to those expectations for a while. Um, and, and I don't know, I think it might've been that sort of combo guard kind of stuck in, in limbo. Like, are you going to be more of a shooter? Are you going to be more of a point guard? Yeah. And, and he's not I, really like an aggressive player either. Right. Like, like shooting. Yeah. He's, he, he's, he's like, he's like very fundamental. I think, you know, his, his shooting decision-making has gotten better and better over the years yeah. and he's continuing to develop as a point guard. So I, I love seeing the way he is now. And he's one of those guys, he's not like all-star level. He's like the borderline just past that level, just like it should be a career starter in the NBA. and can be like he is now key piece on the team. You know, the third most important guy on a potential championship team. So if they win a championship, Drew Holiday is going to have a chance at the hall of fame. What? <laughs> yeah. Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton will both probably become Hall of Famers if they win a championship. No, Middleton. Yeah, that's how Middleton, the power I, I of think. the power of the of the NBA championship, man. Oh man, yeah. I mean, that's like 
Yeah, I mean, years from now, we're going to have to look at, like, where do Andre Iguodala and Draymond Green fit into a Hall of Fame discussion because right. they're, they're parts in the Warriors championships? For, for my money, Draymond, yes. Iguodala, no. Yeah, despite winning the finals MVP. I know. Yeah. I, I'd probably tend to agree with you. So Drew, Holiday, Drew Holiday's career PER is 20. His win share is six and a half, over six and a half. Uh, almost 18 points a game, four and a half boards, six assists. His splits are uh, 50, 39, 79. Uh, yeah, that's uh, 20, 20 PER is an all-star level player for your career. Hmm. Yeah. He's uh, that. And uh, let's see. Let me look up. Let me do Chris Middleton while we're here. Now, I don't think, isn't it? Oh, it's C uh, K H. There we go. Uh, I don't think that either of them are hall of famers without a championship. <laughs> so Chris Middleton's nick, uh, nicknames are cash money spelled with a K H his name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, WD 40, which I've never heard, but I love. I and this one, it, which it's great. Baby Joe Johnson. <laughs> I guess they're, he's so different than ISO Joe. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to table that for another time. So Chris Middleton's career stats, 18 PER. So less than Drew's a almost exactly the same win shares, 20 points, six rebounds, five and a half assists. His splits are 48, 41, 90. They're, they're really comparable. Holiday's defense is probably better known at least. Um, so I think a, a chip gets him in. I'm calling it. I think a chip and he, he is like three more productive seasons with at least right, 20 right, points right. a game. We're, that's that's what, what we're mean. assuming out of them, you know, minus any God forbid injuries yeah. and he's in. Yeah. All right. So do you want to do a prediction and, and, and I guess it's time. So it's, it's Monday night. Happy birthday, America day after hope everybody's safe. Frank, Who's going to win the NBA finals? How many games is it going to go? Who's your finals MVP? And then I also want from you, who is your wild card? Like you have to put a bet on a guy. Nobody would expect to be the finals MVP, the Andre Iguodala MVP. All right. Phoenix Suns are going to win the NBA finals. They're going to win mm-hmm. six games. Um, my, my wild card. I mean, to be a finals MVP, it's a little different than like who might be an X, uh, sort of an X factor. Because I, I I think even if like Mikhail Bridges is the so-called X factor, it's not going to be enough to be finals MVP. Um, I would pick uh, I'd pick like DeAndre Ayton would be my oh that's a good one my black horse uh, candidate for okay. finals okay. MVP. And who's your real finals MVP? Did you say it? And I missed it. Um, no, I like I'm a lot. Though. Um, yeah, I, I like Aiton as, as a smart bet. That's a smart money bet right there. <laughs> Go, you're in a, you're in a state that has legal gambling. Go throw some yes. pencils on Aiton as MVP of the series. Yeah. I'll pay, I'll pay you back idea. for it. If you do it, not, um, not yeah, officially, I, I, cause that's probably illegal. I, I don't, I don't even know between, um, between Paul and Booker. I think there'd be a lot of pressure on people uh, to, Think of Paul as like, oh, well, we got to give it to Chris Paul as yeah, sort of what like factor would Booker long... have to outplay Paul to right. get it? You know, everybody's like, oh yeah, you know, Paul deserves it. It'd be like a career, you know, you need Paul missing award. a game or just having yeah. like a fucking assed out clincher and Booker Booker going balling out to do I, it, which isn't impossible. Chris Paul having a 
assed out clinching game and Devin Booker bailing him out is not an implausible scenario. Yeah, I, I guess I, I leave so Booker as my. You got pick my, one. I'm, I'm picking. I'm picking Booker, and then Aiton is my uh, my my little uh, secret candidate there. That's really good. I like it. Okay, I'm going. For the record, I think the Suns are the better team. I'm picking the Bucks to win in seven because I think there's some weird mojo going, and I just feel like it, <laughs> the universe is unfair, and Chris Paul is going to be unfaired on. I just feel that. I think my MVP is going to be Middleton. I almost went through, but I'm going Middleton. And my Dark Horse MVP is tougher because DiVincenzo would be the obvious choice, except he's not playing. That seems like the best Dark Horse MVP on the Bucks. So I'm going to have to pick somebody really weird and go with... Uh, wait, wait, hold on. Let me grab the roster real quick because I have I have the name in mind, but I'm blanking on it. Let me get wait. I can't remember the guy's name and you think there's... Any well, they don't have an obvious guy. MVP. Like Aiden's a really good player, but he's not like a guy you would call in the MVP. So that was a perfect one to pick. Um, I wanted to pick uh, Jeff Teague. That's who it was. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Teague is going to be my like dark horse MVP. I bet you there's a hell of a deal on Jeff Teague for finals MVP bets right. in Vegas and Atlantic City right now. I, I think if I pick DeAndre Ayton, you could pick Drew Holiday, and it's basically this, the same idea. It's basically right. the, well, that's the, boring though. Basically, the third dude. It's I almost picked Drew Holiday as my real MVP. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, it would still be kind of far. I mean, nobody would have thought that com- coming in the season that that Drew could uh, be a Finals MVP. Uh, I mean, not not with Giannis and uh, and Middleton. Uh, Frank, but, yeah, you it, out, it, I got a surprise question for you at the end of the podcast. You ready for this? All right, I'm giving it to Cold. Uh, what is the best play? You what name at least? Give me one or two of the best plays you ever saw in an NBA Finals. What what sinks in your head? If you want to go Jordan, that's fine. I'm not going to go Jordan, but if you want to go Jordan, you can do it. What's no. what, what? What is the NBA Finals for you? What plays? All right. Um, unfortunately, because I hate this play with all of my heart and all of my being, and it, and it crushed me. Uh, LeBron James uh, block of but you uh, took mine. That's, that's, yeah, that it's the that greatest is, play in sports history. That was, I mean, that totally changed the trajectory of, of LeBron's legend. Um, that would have not obviously he 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 is what he is. He's always gonna be great, but like, was he gonna lose another finals? Yeah, um, that that and was, it was a defensive play. That was yeah. so cool. That's that's my. It's honestly, it's my. I think it's the best play I've ever seen in any sport in any competition. When he when he when he took off at full speed towards Iguodala, the sense of greatness like unfolding in front of you in front of the universe was like so palpable. And then it gets even better when you go back and you look at the video and you realize like you know that LeBron does his homework. LeBron knows that Iguodala's go to move is the un, is to is to fake up with his right and then sneak his left arm under the other side and hook the ball around. And Braun goes up with both hands cuz he's ready to block it right or left-handed either way and he fucking eats it. It's the best. And, and, it's the and, and he knew and and I hate this cuz you know you and I we known followed Iguodala's career. We know that his knees at that point in his career were not what they used to be. We know yeah. he was not like the dunking Iguodala of his young days. 
And LeBron knew it too. And LeBron was yep. like, Oh, I, I'm, I'm going to get I this guy. This. Cause he's not yeah. going to go up for a strong dunk. It's it, it was, so. a, it was a lion attacking a gazelle at the most pinnacle moment an NBA game could have. Okay. So sorry, you took mine. Go on. Give me, give me another one. You got another yeah. one. And then, and then the other one would probably be, unfortunately, another one that killed me. Um, just, uh, but not as much, but this was the, uh, the Ray Allen shot in the corner, Ray Allen as Damn a it, you member of the Miami mine. heat. Son of a bitch. They are. They both involve LeBron. They're both like these miracles. It's like how the giants beat the Patriots is like how LeBron got two of his championships. That's how I feel. Yeah. That's it's, it's just well, giants did it twice, twice too. Um, yeah, yeah, that play, that, that series was incredible. That was against the Spurs, right? Yeah. And, and they were, ro- they were rolling out the championship trophy from the back for the Spurs, yeah, for the Spurs. And, and then uh, that didn't end the series, but it created the next game. And then, yeah, it's just, man, that, that was insane. The, the, the tip out of the rebound, Ray Allen's feet in just the right place. Um, the, the other part of that series that was really memorable was, was when Duncan missed two putbacks in the fourth quarter at the end of one of those games. And he got, he got offensive rebounds and he missed twice on two possessions. He got offensive rebounds and he missed the putbacks. And it was just like, Tim Duncan does not miss that shot in a million years, unless his entire body is breaking down. And it was, and that was like the end of Tim Duncan. But again, like that, if Tim Duncan makes a putback, Ray Allen's shot never happens. You know, that series is incredible. Uh, Great choices. Frank, those were weirdly, those were both my choices. I I, I thought I was giving you a layup where you were going to talk about Jordan and I was going to not pay attention. And then I was going to wax poetic about those two plays that you just talked about, but you beat me to it. That's great. I could have gone back to Jordan or or you might've thought I would have gone to like, you know, Paul Pierce versus Kobe Bryant, Celtics, Lakers, couple of those, but no, I I had to go with those two. Those were Kobe sucked in that amazing moments. Kobe Kobe sucked in that series. Kobe won that championship because fucking Andrew Bynum played out of his goddamn mind and Paul Gasol and Lamar Odom also balled out of their minds. That's why they won that series. Kobe was fucking horrendous against the Celtics in that series. Now, Kobe like re re-engineered his game and came back and was a much better player after that year. But that was the height of Kobe being a fucking terrible team player and just hogging the ball and being an asshole in the court. He fucking sucked in that series. I will die on that hill. He was terrible. And and Paul Pierce was still athletic enough to actually be a damn good defender, better than anybody thought too. That was a part of it. Yeah. But Kobe was taking stupid shots constantly, constantly early in the shot clock, stupid kicking people, trying to draw a foul, stupid shit. That, that series is my number one argument against Kobe being as high ranked as he is. I'm not going to say Kobe sucked, yeah. but in that series, he was bad. He was really bad. Yeah. I mean, it happens to everybody, you know, I, Steph Curry, right. but when it happens um, to Kobe, nobody yeah. docks points. When it, it happens, it, it to, happened players, to Steph, it happened to LeBron. It, ha- it happened to Kobe. They, they've all had a bad finals. Absolutely. Um, yeah. All right. So well, we got, we got, you got sons and six. I got bucks and seven, even though I think seven. the sons are a better yeah. team. Uh, all right, so we're going to put this out as soon as we can. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Enjoy the NBA Finals. Frank, all let's right. try and get on. There's a little more space now, so maybe we can uh, really finish out the, the NBA season strong and get a couple episodes in throughout these finals. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. One in, uh, you know, unless somebody sweeps or something. If <laughs> Hopefully right, there's well, not a sweep and we get If it's a basketball. sweep, we won't have that much to talk about. We're not that right, interesting. Right. <laughs> all, right. all right, thanks for listening. Thanks, Frank. I'll talk to you later. All right, see you. Bye.
in your ear. Podcast Network.